I'm going to start things a little differently for episode 10. In the spirit of this show, where they have a little difficulty at the start working out how to introduce and say the name of the show, I thought it might be a good opportunity. Also, it's episode 10 to relook at how I introduce the show because I'm thinking at this point, 10 episodes in, I don't need to like read the same introduction. I can just do sort of a freestyle version of it. What do you think? Okay, go for it. Uh, I support you. This is the Carly Pilk Boys podcast. I'm David Ferrier. I'm Stephen Merchant. We're listening to the old Ricky Gervais radio shows from XFM London in the early 2000s. We both work in radio. We have for a long time. I've listened to these shows a million times over the years. This is Zach's first time ever. This is not going well. I should have just stuck to the script. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's, it's it's kind of the script, but using synonyms. Well, also, I'm just I am looking at it on my screen. I'm looking at the scripts. They're being like, "Don't say this, but include the information." Um, yeah, basically, this is your first episode. We're just listening to the old Ricky Gervais show that was on XFM. I like talking you describing about. it as a shambles podcast about a shambles radio show. That's really what it is. All uh, right, I don't think that's in my usual script, so I might include. No, that. but you have said that at some stage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's the shambles of a podcast. Obviously. Well, maybe that was an email that we got. I don't know. We definitely did get that feedback, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, don't forget our annoying Aussie wine. Um, this one is a Series 1, Episode 10, a.k.a. I forgot to write an a.k.a. A.k.a. Zach? Uh, I don't know what it was called. Okay, I'm going to call it uh, Series 1, Episode 10, a.k.a. Have you ever used a wire front properly? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Um, This episode for me made me realize, and I don't know. Okay, so the context of what I listened to is, um, you know, I have a baby. I was trying to drive the baby to sleep. So I was driving around in my car and I put this on. And has Carl, does he turn his microphone on once during the whole episode? His voice is extremely soft compared to the other two levels. And I don't know if I assume this is how it was recorded and it's Carl's problem who was controlling the buttons. I don't think that it's a YouTube problem and I don't think it's a Mothman problem, the the person who uploaded the clips to YouTube. I think it's from the original recording. What do you think? I think it's probably Carl has a softer voice and had his fader at the same level as the other he's just guys. Not, he's not as close on the and mic. And it's just not, yeah, and well, they, I don't know, the equalizing technology, previous, maybe not as good. In the previous episode, Ricky, when he's talking to a caller, says, oh, I'll need to put headphones on. So, he's not even wearing headphones. So, he's not monitoring levels. He has no idea what's going on. And so, my baby was asleep in the car. And so I had to ride the faders all the time. So when Carl spoke, I had to turn it up really loud. But then what would happen is just after he spoke, the loudest part of the podcast or the loudest part of the radio show would be Ricky cackling at anything that uh, Carl said. And so Ricky's cackle blasted through my speakers, woke my baby up on a number of occasions. Did she start crying? No, she just like she was just like stirring, and I was like, "Oh no!" So I had to, you know, I was playing with the the fader a little bit. I'd like try to turn it up, and then I'd turn it down. And so, Carl, I'm questioning Carl's abilities because he let this go the whole the whole radio show with the levels all off last episode. He totally botched a call-in segment where he didn't know how to produce it. We've been saying this whole time. Carl's been is a radio professional. I don't know if he is. <laughs> well, he said he's a radio professional. We didn't say he's a particularly good one. He, uh, by all reports, he was a very good audio producer. Right. And later, when we get to the uh, the, the episodes where they start doing um, this this segment where Carl inserts himself into famous films Hilarious. and uh, playing a, playing one of the roles, it's it's really well produced. Okay, because and uh, he that's produces like, it, does he? Because he just does it himself in his own. Because he was doing all the imaging for XFM. This show producing is a, a, a different oh, lark. A little that makes so much more sense. Gig on the side to um, pay for oh. his bathroom renovations. Yeah. Is that actually what he was paying for? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Or bathroom or kitchen. I, that I, is I can't, amazing. I can't so he was he was an audio engineer. He went to yeah. his boss and he said, "Hey, can I earn a bit more cash?" And they said, "We've got this weekend show that needs someone to press the buttons." 
It would have been something like that. Oh, yeah, that makes so much more sense. Because I've wondered the whole time about him being a producer. He just doesn't seem to have the people skills or the interest in... No, it was. It definitely was not his main thing. Oh, yeah. this makes so much more sense. Yeah. I love that backstory. And later in the run, that's like he cites the renovations as the reason why he wants to quit doing the show. Is they're done like, now. Well, I've got the kitchen now. Like the <laughs> the renovations are finished. I don't need oh, to do this anymore. This is great. Well, he's uh, doing renovations at twenty seven. That's pretty good. Twenty nine. He at must this have point. bought his own property. And was yeah, well, like he's already been with he's already been with his partner for like seven years at this point. So met early, bought a house. Like this is his second. He tells a story at one point about how he bought a place in Manchester at a young age and that's he thought that place like an apartment thought he was going to live there for the rest of his life <laughs> he's someone who kind of does that hey that's the vibe i get from an idiot abroad is that uh he likes finding something that he enjoys and then just doing that for the rest of his life carl seems to be they all all three of them kind of seem to be very domestic yeah yeah certainly. and Ricky and Carl, long-term partners. Like, Ricky met his partner in university and they've been together ever since to this day. I think in a, to a Same degree that actually helps in the medium they were in because it's kind of an everyman medium, isn't it? And you're meant to be able to relate. It's broadcasting, you know, relating to as many people as you can. And, you know, a lot of the conversations between Ricky and Steve are like, hey, did you see Popstar last night? Hey, you know, did mm. you see that new movie? Um you know, conversations that everyone, well, not everyone, but lots of people can kind of relate to. If they were really, you know, cutting their own paths and, you know, speaking against the mainstream, um, maybe they wouldn't have been able to relate as widely. I'm not saying they're a mainstream show because they're not really. It's quite kind of subversive. But, you know, they are talking about very mainstream things most of the time. If they, if what they were doing is broadcasting, what the hell are we doing right now? Uh, well, narrow casting. That's how. Or, okay. or that's... niche casting. I don't know if anyone's ever coined that, but maybe we could. That's what niche you know, casting. That's what the internet is now. It's fragmented. You yeah. just have all these small pockets of audiences. Well, and it, and we talked about this on an earlier episode. Like I, in some ways, I miss the monoculture. I miss that on the edgy. Uh, indie rock like on the rock station they could talk about pop idol and it wasn't like hey no you can't talk about that on this platform i missed it at the time when it was like the one thing that everyone would gather around the cooler the water cooler topic now it's much harder to find that now everyone's satisfying their own particular little niche on the internet like listening to a 20 year old radio show and then hearing two idiots talk about that show <laughs> Who may not may have accents that are foreign to you. I'm going to start referring to this as a niche cast. This yeah. isn't a podcast. Who listens to it on an iPod? Anyway. Well, that's the funny thing, isn't it? That we call them podcasts. And uh, no one's listened on an iPod in 10 years. Niche casting. It's the way of the future, people. Get on board. So this episode is from January 26, 2002. Uh, so, we haven't officially covered off the overall thoughts. I reckon the... Oh, first of all, I noticed that the shows are getting longer, these ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that just speaks to whoever was recording these episodes off the actual radio was paying more attention at this point and just getting the full shows. Also, it kind of feels like I, I got all up and about about the last episode going like, oh, this is where it all clicks. Yes, this is where it all happens. This, It's all... Like, the best from here on out. This episode feels like a bit of a step backwards. You think so? Slightly, just in that, like, you don't hear Carl for the longest time. Mm. Um, yeah, and they, they don't do they do not do White Van Carl. They don't do any of the segments that I thought, like, and and Carl is very, following last the last week, he doesn't want to be on air as much. Well, I think they mentioned the first time he comes on, which is a little bit into it, is they say... Um, we'll get Carl on just for a little bit. We'll just get him to say a little thing. And I kind of thought, I'm like, why Why after dedicating a whole show to him last week, are you now having disclaimer that we're only going to talk to him for a moment? And I wondered if they had been pulled up on, hey, you talked to, you, what, you had four segments around this guy. And I wonder if someone was saying, we'll give you a one. You can have one yeah. break where you talk to Carl and then the rest of them, you got to come up with other stuff. 
Or if not Ricky and that insight, like if not saying that directly to Ricky and Steve, someone in the week would have said that to Carl. It's like, wow, you're really talking a lot on that show. Hmm. Um, or maybe got some feedback. Uh, I'm going to pass by the emails this week. Going to um, save that for episode 11. We'll get into that. But please do keep emailing. Great emails coming in. Really, really love it. Really feel like uh, makes me feel like this is worth pursuing doing this. <laughs> Your comments and feedback. Um, you know, they don't all have to be just like, hey, I'm enjoying the show. Just contribute whatever you want. CarlyPilkBoysPod at gmail.com. Uh, also, if you know anyone else out there who, who likes these old XFM shows, tell them about the podcast if you want. Or leave us a review, whatever. I really should save this stuff for the end of the show. But I'm just going to get out of the way now. Uh, UK News of the Day, January 26, 2002. Bong! Uh, Margaret Thatcher had a small stroke on this day in 2002. But okay. she was fine. Still had 11 years to go. Okay. That 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 segment of this niche cast is uh, on its last legs. I don't know <laughs> enough about UK culture to really riff on that one. I'm like, she's uh, the Iron Lady. Is that right? Yeah, the Iron oh, Lady. Meryl Streep. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that the movie? Privatization. Yeah. Um, yeah, see, I don't know. Uh, I know that they call her, a, you know, in the UK, it's called a Tory. Yeah. Yes. The uh, Conservative Party, but I'm not. That's I'm not confident enough to do any. Yeah, give give us a full breakdown of the uh, any... the how English politics works uh, in, in an email that we can uh, digest and read out on this niche cast if you like. CarlyPilkBoysPod at gmail.com. Well, the English politics works extremely similar to ours because yeah, the Westminster the West, Westminster West, West West system. system. It's like the Westminster system, but um, slightly different. The Air Check, Series 1, Episode 10. Uh, so, starts off the show just struggling how they, they say the name of the show. Uh, and Steve really hates how Ricky is slouched in his seat, which gives this, like, indication, I think, that this is, these are two people who have worked very closely with one another for a couple of years now, and the irritation is starting to show. Yeah, there's a bit of the uh, married couple. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you always chew like that. You chew too loud. It also just like it's a, like a little bit uh, disorientating. It's like they barely open the show and uh, he's getting cracked into it. I think this is where they have a discussion on how they should open the show. And they finally address the fact that Steve has been saying um, and Stephen Merchant the whole time. So Ricky says, as with Ricky Gervais, and he goes, and Stephen Merchant, as if he's just tacked on the end. But it doesn't seem like Steve thinks he's tacked on the end. He likes that approach. And then he starts saying, with Stephen Merchant, and Ricky pulls him up and says, that doesn't make any sense. Like, you're, you're no longer talking in first person. You're talking about yourself in third person now. And so it 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 kind of implodes on itself as a lot of these segments yeah, do. Yeah. And that doesn't really resolve itself from here on out. It's always no, a little bit clunky. With that, it's they? always slightly weird, but but charming in its own way. Uh I I love the uh time and place of these episodes and any moment that where they reference something which really speaks to the mm. age of when these shows were well, going they... out, the release of the PlayStation 3 and Grand Theft Auto 3. No. PlayStation Sorry, PlayStation 2. 2 and Grand Theft Auto 3, or as Steve calls it, Auto Grand Theft 3. Um, yeah, God, that takes me back to that video game. That that it- also, the fact that he walked up and down the street looking for the best deal. This was what the opening story was about, just the fact that he loves a good deal. And Ricky steps back from calling him stingy, you know, or um, tight. But basically, that's the impression we get. But the idea that you'd buy... A PlayStation by walking up and down the main street and checking out a couple of the the stores compared to now. Surely you're fully aware of the prices of everywhere after a quick search on your phone, and you've probably bought it online yeah, as well. Totally. Have you you've been to London? You've been up yeah. and down Oxford Street. I don't think so. I don't remember. It is. Like, I haven't been there since two thousand and nine. Um, so it's been a while, but man, crazy, just absolutely insane, which I know makes me sound like <laughs> from a very small town, <laughs> there were people everywhere. Um, but no, it just, I couldn't get over how busy it was. And like the, the type of packed, uh, footpaths where people were just walking, like spilling out onto the actual road itself. Um, yeah. 
Well, we, uh, you know, we it was a part of a European trip, and we only spent a few days in each mm. country. And I've been told by a lot of people, well, you didn't really go to London then, if you were only there for four days. And I'm like, I'm not saying that I lived there. I'm not saying that I know everything about it, but I have been. What, what did you get up to? I've been What's in that What's your, city. like, defining memory? Uh, well, my, you know, as every... There was a thing for a while that uh, if you were under... I think it was under 30 or under 28, you could get this two-year visa as an Australian. And that's, I think, why I know a lot of people from London pay out and laugh at how many Australians go over there. But we... Uh, my brother-in-law was doing that, and so we went to visit. And so we stayed with them, and they showed us around to... Yeah, it was like... Yeah, we did touristy things. Saw the saw the sights. Went out to um, some park where there were some deers from this long on this long train ride. That was fun. I liked that bit of bit of a country feel. Um, and it was like where where that big castle is. The English people would know this Windsor, where the Queen lives. Windsor, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> you went and saw the Queen's house. No, but we didn't go to the castle. There's a park near there. We walked past the castle. Okay, uh, you know, and we went to the, the the big the big jail. What's it called? The London Tower. Tower of London. That's the one. We saw Big Ben. The, do the things Did that you, you go do. to Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. No, we're, we're, uh, my tourism levels aren't like. There's some historic context to my tourism levels. I like to see things that are, you know, have been around for a long time. I um uh, uh, maybe not the wax. Models. Okay, can I ask your opinion on Madame Tussauds in general? I do not understand the appeal whatsoever. Okay, <laughs> like what? 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 Like, are you? Is this like it? To me, it seems very. Uh, well, maybe you can explain the appeal because I feel like I might have offended you. What? No, no, no. What? What is it about it that does not appeal to you specifically? What is it about it that could appeal to anyone? <laughs> Everyone who has heard all of the XFM shows knows where I'm going with this. Okay, okay, I couldn't figure out what you were doing. And I can tell you, Zach, your opinion matches that of the hosts of this show. Okay, Okay. cannot understand. Like I remember, I actually did first time I went to London. I was 18, and I went to Madame Tussauds because I was like, I just it's it was one of the things that I don't know. I somehow got it in my head that it's a thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. And it is, you get in there and after five minutes, you go, what, what, am, what am I doing with, why did I pay a lot of money to get in here to get a photo with a waxwork of Tom Cruise? Mm. Um, and also everyone was going by the, the waxwork of George Bush and taking a photo of himself, giving him the finger. It was very edgy and uh, it was a total waste of money. Yeah. And it took a long time to get in. Yep. Anyway, well, that, 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 I don't know when that happens, but the topic of Madame Tussauds does come up on this show at some okay. point. Okay. I didn't even know that was... Because, you know, there's kind of uh, those in most big cities now. There's one on the yeah, Gold there's Coast one in, Sydney. In, in Queensland, just an hour Is away from where we Is there one on the Gold Coast? I thought there was. Maybe there's not. Um, I might be thinking of Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, <laughs> which I, <laughs> I put on a Dracula's. similar level of, uh, of uh, classiness. Yeah. Um, Ripley's Believe It or Not. I would more likely go into a Ripley's Believe It or Not. I used to watch that show. Yeah, presented by Dean Kane. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they 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 uh, this whole first break, they don't speak to Carl. Uh, really, it's 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 another episode that starts a show that starts with something about Steve. I think the next break is uh, a similar thing where you're talking about the uh, time and place. Is that where they talk about movies? In Rushmore? Break the next one? Yeah. No, that's a little bit um, later on. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get to uh, that. So the, but that the gave me then- similar vibes in the sense of like, you know, thinking of, oh, wow, that just came out. What a time. Yeah. Which it hadn't actually. It had come out a few years prior to that. But <laughs> the- Rushmore. No, but but Royal Tenenbaums had. Anyway, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll save it. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, break two, they talk about the weather, which it only just occurred to me that, like, this is a local radio show. It's a London yes, show I thought in the London. Same thing. They do no local content. They no. never mention. Well, hey, he's this talking is about on going today. up and down Oxford Street. He's making local references as an offhanded thing, but like, so just comparing it to my own experience of being around, like, particularly Monday through Friday breakfast radio shows. The credo that they live by is what you need to be telling your audience is. 
uh, what the question you need to ask yourself before each show is, what is the one thing that when your audience wakes up that they have to know? About what's happening in their city, like what's the one, what's the thing that everyone is, which is um, hilarious, everyone... because in a city like Brisbane, which is a big city, there's two million people, but like it doesn't, things don't change so much day to day that there's a big thing to tell everyone every day. Yeah, but like even even that. There are things that you can do when you're local and and make references or like. I don't know. I find it it, it like it, at the same time helps narrow your focus, so you know kind of the parameters with which, in which you can choose and do content. But it um, also limits. Whereas like these guys, they 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 never. I won't say never because they do later on. There are protests that are happening, like anti-war Iraq war protests, and they talk about those. But no, there's none of that filter that that they use um, to choose what they talk about. <coughs> That's well, and a good again, example that is, of that. That is that speaks to the international appeal and the yes, endure, and the right. enduring appeal of this show. It is, uh, you know, to speak to to as proof of that is that I didn't know that I assumed it was national until this episode when they're talking about weather. I knew they were in London, but I thought that. Um, you know, I thought that it was going out nationally, and everyone just listening would know that it was in London. Hmm. Not the case. Um, Carl wouldn't want to die on a miserable day. Uh, early appearance Hilarious. from Carl getting very introspective. Um, if he uh, doesn't want to die on a miserable what do you day, think of his logic. I think it's flawed because there's something very. What, what type of day would you like to die on? I think a very miserable rainy day because there's something very cozy about it. So that's the day you want to be in bed and you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. Whereas if it's a beautiful sunny day, I you think, think his like, oh, point that's... is. It's a good time to go at the top. It's a good... Oh. <laughs> leave on a bang. Leave under blue skies. Yeah, leave on a high note. Yeah. If Carl wants to die on a sunny day, he should move here. No shortage I love of the idea days. that Carl looks out the window on a sunny day and goes like, what a day to die. <laughs> like rather, most people will go... Most people go, it's good to be alive. I get to experience yeah. this beautiful sunny day. But he says, I'm happy to go now. This is the perfect day to die. What a unique mind. Also, that's like glass half empty thinking, isn't it? To just like yeah. take something so, like a beautiful sunny day and pessimist. take it to that dark place. Yeah. It um, reminds me of in Carl. Idiot Abroad, he says that he would, um, which is a, a philosophy that I actually quite like. And it just reminded me of this a little bit. This one's a bit different, but when he, yeah, there's a iconic, um, iconic um, l- landmark, and he said it, rather than living in it, he'd rather live across the street. So he gets to look <laughs> upon it every day. <laughs> um, because if you, you live in it, you're looking at that. all the worst houses. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, oh, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> like, it's a good point. Yeah. That's why if you ever go to New York City, don't go up the Empire State Building, go up 30 Rockefeller because then you get to look out over the Empire State Building and uh, all of the rest of New York. Break three, Richie. uh, Richie? Who's Richie? Ricky pitches 24-7 Ricky Gervais show, which made me think of the radio classic uh, of doing the uh, marathon broadcast. Well, you know what it made me think of? The um, we've been talking about how they invented YouTube. They basically invented social media last episode. I felt like that he invented podcasting in this moment because he's talking about, although podcasting isn't 24-7, it's long. And he says, we can just talk about, well, I just had some, I just had my breakfast and then I just did this. And he's pitching something very casual and stream of consciousness, which... They, you know, they did kind of end up inventing podcasting, not inventing, but being pioneers of it. But also in this moment, I kind of feel like that thought is kind of the thought starter to where he goes with podcasting. Can I zero it in even more? I think he's pitched Twitch streaming mm-hmm. because streamers, they will do eight hours nonstop and not necessarily even just playing video games. Some like there is a whole category on Twitch of just talking. Right. Um, 
So this is like, you know how The Simpsons gets a lot of credit for being prescient and yeah. predicting all these yes. things? Maybe we need to start collecting all the things on the Ricky Gervais show. Yes. All the things that they predicted. I'm, I'm starting to think about like, because we're going through all these with a fine tooth comb, separating out all, all these little details that I can maybe put together in like montage videos for the, uh, mm. the, the Carly Pilk Boys YouTube channel, which I'll one day set up. And one is like the the key phrases. I want. I like keeping track of the key phrases. And I think putting that together so you just hear the evolution of their relationship uh, mm-hmm. in one sort of video, jumping from episode to episode. And the other one is maybe a montage of all the things that they predicted. Uh, if you think that's a good idea, email us carlypiltboyspod at gmail If you think it's a bad idea, keep it to yourself. Speaking of um, broad marathon broadcasts, it's like a lot of breakfast radio shows all over the world have done it. There was one like recently, not recently, like in the last two or three years, uh, a radio station that did 56 hours straight and they live streamed the whole thing. And I don't know about you, Zach, but like I couldn't do that. There is no way that I could get through that without like quitting or suffering heart failure because I get very cranky and quiet when I'm tired. Two things that you can't be or have when you're on the radio, and also just physically staying up. Did they did were they did they stay everyone stay up the whole time? Or is there a bit of a shit yeah, thing? Yeah, uh, yeah. No, that seems as far like, as I'm aware, that seems like a lot. That's longer than I've ever stayed up in a row. No, yeah, just not healthy. Anyway, those things are like called noisemakers. You don't do that so expecting anyone's going to listen to the full fifty six hours. You do it because it's going to get publicity. Um, can I Which tell you a funny just, one? It's high price to pay. We were doing late nights, um, you know, at this station. And uh, so, they had a breakfast show who did this. And they have to do it. Usually, they do it in a survey break so that no other... So, that it doesn't conflict with national broadcasting. And so, because otherwise, they can't just stay on because you're putting other shows out. And it gets very complicated. And so, it was during a survey break. So, everyone was on holidays and they decided not to have their holiday because they were going to do this big stunt. And then they did, you know, it was like 27 hours or something like that, or 30 hours maybe. And um, they streamed it online and we were on holidays and my co-host went in to visit them just to be like a, you know, a morale booster. He thought he should support the station kind of thing. And so, he went in at one in the morning and I was watching it because he was saying that he was going to go in. And so, they streamed it and they're off air at this time, but, you know, the mics are still on. That was the whole appeal is we're going to keep the microphones and the and the camera running for 30 hours. And my friend went in, my co-host of the radio show, and I'm watching at 1am. And for some reason, I don't know why he didn't know that this was a horrible idea. He starts pitching them content they should do. <laughs> and he starts pitching them ideas that we do on our show. And this is 20 hours into their show. And radio shows generally don't think other radio shows have good ideas. You think your ideas are the best. And so, like, the response that it got was just the most awkward, long silences. They're, you know, they're kind of barely looking up from their phones going like, ah, yeah, yeah, cool, man. And, like, it was totally and utterly the 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 year eight, the first year of high school, going up to the year 12 students and trying to play with them and trying to, hey, you guys should do this, <laughs> you guys should do that. And it was just so awkward. And these guys obviously were so tired and they, you know, I said to them afterwards, I'm like, man, didn't you think that was going to be awkward? And he's like, I don't care. He's like, I didn't find it awkward. I thought it was a good idea. And he had a good attitude about it. But like, I remember just watching, just being like, oh, I'm feeling so awkward watching this, watching someone pitch an idea that the other guys are like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Uh, yeah, particularly that saying that if they, were, if they were 20 hours into it already, Going up and pitching your ideas to end, like unsolicited pitching of ideas. Full stop is... Never goes down particularly well at the best of times. It meant like take away sleep and... (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, Yeah. I don't think he also knew it was being recorded because later he was like, what, where did you see that? I'm like, lucky that's all you said. Uh, More good producing from Steve. At the end of this break where he just picks them up and says when Carl starts talking about the escalator 
fun fact. And he says, no, 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 let, let, let's save it for the next break. You know, I 100%, I really related to what Ricky said in response to that. Carl says, you know, how much does it cost to run a, a escalator for a year? And it's like 60,000 pounds or something. And Ricky goes, so what? What does that mean? I don't, there's no frame of reference for that fact. It's just a big number. And I think mm. that all the time when people share fun facts with me, you know, how many whales die a year or something like that. I'm like, but I need a frame of reference or else it's just, you could say infinity. It wouldn't change. Like, I can't comprehend how much that is. And so $60,000 to run this escalator. Uh, okay. Like, is that, like, you know, it just doesn't mean anything. But I share Carl's point, which is, it seems like a lot when you can just take the stairs. That is pretty funny. It was a good... <laughs> it was a good... Uh, break, break four is where they talk about the Royal Tenenbaums. They also talk about swingers and maid, another just sort of of the time moment. And Zach, for me, you know, when you get to like 15, 16 and you start getting into more interesting you know, content and you start thinking that you have really cool tastes one of the first big ones for me was the royal tenenbaums i think it was one of like the first ma rated movies uh, yeah. that i ever saw wes anderson full stop is totally uh a white boy who's got into film but yeah white white suburban middle class yeah which uh, <laughs> i am 100 percent into <laughs> and, yeah. and i didn't realize it had that um i didn't realize it had that uh weight with it until i started talking to other people about it and i thought i need to keep this opinion to myself because <laughs> because people are laughing at me about this um but yeah rushmore is one of my favorite movies and i feel like within the wes anderson appreciation because my favorite is rushmore I feel like that makes the, the in my mind, it's my justification that I'm like, no, I'm not like those other guys. I'm not like, no, the, I'm not like the every uh, white male film student who gets into Wes Anderson. I'm different. I tried watching Rushmore when I was about 12 and it was too young. I, I didn't, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Too many adult themes, but um, the Royal Tenenbaums, because I, because f- no one told me to watch it. Is anything, anything like that where... I've, I came across it in my own way. That's when I start to get really like, like. well, look, no, I know that everyone else likes it, but not in the way that I do. <laughs> That's I'm exactly not, what I'm trying I'm to I'm not describe. a cliche. But, uh, but because everyone does do that, the irony is we are all cliches. Yeah. This also uh, I, all, was around the time that I started insisting all my friends watch the movie Donnie Darko yep. because it was really deep and interesting. Uh, they talk about Swingers. That was a film I just totally didn't get. Did you get? It was like I didn't, I, think I didn't it was even bad. see. I didn't even see Swingers until I was in my like twenties. Yeah, but did you? Um, like, I only saw it a few years ago. But like, I was like, because it was spoken about like this, and I was like, what is this? With this reverence. Okay, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I'd, I'd read and heard a lot about it before I watched it. So, I sort of understood that it had it had some charm and unique character and had a, had a very distinct voice and that, that it was sort of done on the smell of an oily rag. Yeah, right. Um, it has all this weird um, f- scene in it at the start that's so out of place where it's kind of a sketch where he's talking to the um, the the voicemail. Do you remember this? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's standing in his kitchen. Yeah, yeah. and it's just uh, so, John Favreau. John Favreau. The bit's not bad. It's like kind of. It's like a funny scene, but it's just so out of place. I was just yeah confused by it. I think part of what like it part of its its uh, mythology is that it's this amazing first time effort right by a writer director. Uh, and it's and it's it's it captures this time in yes. life and whatever. yeah. Well, I wondered that with the you know, and also it's Vince place. Vaughn's like breakout. You know, he got he got he he was cast in Jurassic Park two mm. because of his performance in this very low budget indie. Well, film. that's what I want to. I try to remember when I watch these things. No one's seen Vince Vaughn before. Yeah, no one's seen this happen. And I try to go back and watch some of those. You know, the great comedic performances i try to watch the first one and think like what would that be like to have never seen this before it's almost a cliche now like these people like jim carrey's an example where it's like oh everyone does a jim carrey impression but imagine it's like so ingrained with in us what jim carrey does but imagine seeing that for the first time 
Mm. It would have been crazy. You would mean like this yeah. guy is unbelievable. I get that with like movies. I I have to admit to sometimes struggling with older movies where I just can't get past the pace of them the or the slow. the very seventiesness of yes. them. That like that attention spans have changed or yep. the that. Um, that these these movies, which are so highly regarded, I kind of I really need to train myself to put myself in the headspace of yes. the like in the context of the time. And when something which is now very hack or has been overdone, you go back and watch like where it came from. Like I have to go like okay, just think about the time and what else was coming out at that point. Mm. Even look up some of the other movies that came out that year and go okay, think of it in relation to that. And and like you said that. No one's ever seen this before. So, um, it would have blown people's minds, even though now it just feels so completely familiar. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's it's sometimes a challenge. Break five. Uh, have you ever used a Y-front properly? One of the great questions. Is that what Carl. they're for, the, the way they describe a Y-front? <laughs> yeah, who knows? I don't know. I, I Have you ever worn a Y-front? That's a question. I, I feel like that Not the Y-front has died out. Yeah, I I remember when American Apparel was the very cool hip clothing line. Like they had their one of their like iconic things was the very colourful Y fronts. No. I remember buying a pair of those because I think I saw John C. Riley wear a pair in uh, Step Brothers, and I thought they looked fun. I think in but- this though, Ricky brings up he starts the conversation by the best things that on this show happen when the mics aren't on. And he says, Carl just said this during the um, during the song. And, you know, that's what they need to learn. And maybe that's what the path that we're on is. How to get that to happen organically on air. Yeah, I think more what happens is they just concede. Because they also start hanging out more socially, Ricky and Carl. And it becomes more, let me tell you this thing that Carl said. Yeah, right. Uh, instead of like saving it for on air. You know, um, they have that conversation, the the following the underwear thing, and they talk about the trickle of urine after going to the restroom and Steve goes down the path of like, oh, what if you like meet a woman and then she might uh, smell it or see it? And then he goes, and then he immediately starts going like, so I don't know what was going on there. I, I, I love hearing him. He obviously went down a path and he regretted and then decided to deal with it by saying, sorry, I have no idea what just happened. And I thought it was strange too because it didn't stand out to me as being outrageous or not making I sense. Th- or I guess it kind of doesn't. It's not. If he hadn't have said anything, it, no, it might not have tweaked. But, but it was just like, oh, no, that was a very sort of like, it was a very strangely uh, intimate thing to bring up. I don't know. I feel like I'm actually even reaching. More <laughs> to the point I want to know about like is... Is if that's ha- ever happened to you, I live in fear of that happening is when you venture on down a path yeah. and then you get a few words or sentences into it and go, hang on, I am digging a hole. Sorry, the, at the start of that sentence, I thought we were still talking about getting a dribble of wee on your undies and then getting caught out oh, later. No, and I was like, when, all you day, said, every day. when you said, oh, I live in I've fear of this. I've got a trickle right now. Yeah, okay, so this makes more sense. Yeah, okay, so you live in, in fear of, uh, you know, going so far down a path where you've got of everyone's going, attention. Let's see where this goes. I feel like there's something down I, this path. Oh, no, there's not. I totally uh, this is bad. R- relate to the feeling of even not even broadcasting, but being in a room where you're, you know, at work or something and you're in, you're in a meeting and you've got everyone's attention and you suddenly have a self-realization that you have everyone's attention. And everyone's looking at you and then you forget what you're talking about. You ever done that? <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, this is so embarrassing. I thought I was making a good point. I started to become very self-conscious of everyone looking at me. Started averted, averted everyone's yeah, eye Yeah, and now I'm confused. Forget what I was talking about and now I sound like a fool. How bad is it when you start talking and you suddenly realize you're out of breath? <laughs> and you're like, I am so self-conscious, I've forgotten how to breathe. <laughs> And you have to stop and go, or, or, or when you realize that you that you suddenly have a dry throat and you need to swallow very audibly. Um, yeah, many. That's just one of the many pitfalls of uh, being in the broadcast medium. Yes. 
I like my my friend Mark has. I've seen him. I saw him do this in real life, just in conversation, and I've taken it with me. Uh, is that when he started going down this path, telling this anecdote, and he just stopped and he said, "Sorry, I'm just going to back out of telling this anecdote because I've realised it's not worth it." <laughs> I think that's a that's a useful device. Call it out. Just quit Admit while you're ahead. Admit you've made a mistake. It's, uh, you know, the sunken cost fallacy, isn't it? What's that? Of like, oh, I've gone this far. I yeah, really I should, I should push persist. on. But they say, you know, what do economists say? No, pull out now while you still mm. can't. <laughs> um, break five. Uh, we're still on that. Um, they talk about the tiger skin, polar bear skin thing, which is uh, some interesting trivia, which I think I probably learned from this show the first time I heard it about tiger skin being striped and polar bears having um, black skin and clear fur, which I've, like, Googled, seems to be uh, validated. It doesn't mean anything to me. That's another one where yeah. I'm like, there's some facts in here that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, that's another one that I'm like, uh, like the elevator. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't, it still appears yeah. to be white. It doesn't matter what it technically is. It doesn't bother me. You don't find that interesting? No, not even remotely. <laughs> Uh, I take it you don't really, you don't indulge in like those lighthearted conspiracy theories online like Jar Jar Binks was actually, actually a Sith Lord the whole time. I would say no. You did reference last time that your uh, co-workers were watching a TikTok of mine. The biggest, actually probably the biggest video I've ever made is a conspiracy theory about a, a cartoon. So... If you were to ask me, I would say, you know, I'd say, no, I don't participate in that. But then if I look at the evidence, I go, yes, I do. I make those videos sometimes. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I just think with the fun facts, they're just like, again, I was listening to this, these two facts thinking I hate fun facts when I was driving around listening to this. But then some of the ones they come up with later, I forget what they are off the top of my head now, but I just remember we we're going to get to them in a second, I imagine. But I just remember thinking, ah. Oh, these are actually really interesting. No, I don't hate fun facts. So, I'm just an unreliable narrator. I'm changing my my mm. my opinion all the time. You don't think you're into conspiracies, but then you made that bluey one. You're also like a one of the you run a few flat earther Facebook pages, don't you? <laughs> and you've been organizing locked anti-lockdown protests, so you're all over the place, Zach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, break six, more fun facts and trivia. They talk about the assassination of William McKinley, the president, uh, who, who, here's a fun fact. Oh. <laughs> Theodore See, Roosevelt. The one I thought was really, yeah, go on. Well, yeah, it was really what? Funny. It was extreme. Like the, the riff that, uh, Ricky goes on where he plays out the little scenario about, about the conversations between the secret service is the funniest thing I've heard Ricky do in these 10 episodes. Like I thought, I'm like, why don't they let him riff on these situations more? I was like, this should be the whole show. Them reading him historical things and him doing kind of these scenes by himself to the side. Because I wanted him to keep going. I felt like that he stopped too early. I, I was like laughing so hard. And I was like, this, just his delivery and the way that he portrays a character who's kind of embarrassed about their mistake <laughs> yeah. is so funny. He lived, did he, for a week? The president lived with, for that's, a week, yeah. That's because they had to go to him and they're probably shuffling around his bed going, sorry about that. Why don't you look? I hanky, did he? <laughs> oh, were they now in jail? Well, they were. Go on. Well, when we went into the jail to give him some bread and water. He had a hanky over his hand. Right, yeah. We, we thought nothing of it. Sure. And it was a gun, yeah. It was a gun and he got out. See, he sh do you remember the last, remember the gun, yeah. That's terrible, isn't it's it? It's pathetic. Uh, re uh, so they also recap some of the facts from past shows. I can't remember which, that's just, I'm just reading a note. Uh, and I also wrote that they're kind of spinning the wheels a little bit here in this this area. It feels like they're sort of looking for things. Oh, they, they you, that's so funny because I thought that I couldn't figure out the context. They're going through some type of fact book or something, aren't they? Yeah, a fact book edited by Isaac Asimov. And I thought the, um, I actually thought this, I love it. And they did it over multiple breaks 
and they kept coming back to it. Here's another one. I was like, to me, I was like, what a great way to spend a Saturday afternoon, I was thinking. If I was hanging around mowing the lawn, you know, and I was, had the, my headphones on, I'm like playing a bit of music, hearing the guys come back, do a few facts, riff on it, um, move on, play another song. It's so ingrained with us now. We've spoken about before about how it's like one, they tell you in radio, one thought per break. So it's like you have to have a singular idea, then you play a song or news or, or whatever, and you come back with another singular idea. And then they say, if you if you want to do something over a couple of breaks, it's like, is it worth it? You, you got to, this is what my boss always used to say, is it worth it? You got to ask yourself, is it worth two breaks? And I'm like, who cares? I talk about the same thing for half an hour. That's what you do at the pub. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. if you've got a fact book, just keep going through it. I thought that was, I thought it was really good. And I liked how relaxed it was. And I also thought, what a good idea. Just provide a comedian with stimulus. And that's what they were doing. They were just, they were just lobbing balls towards Ricky for him to make fun of. What did you think? Uh, you think that's a great idea. What do you think of the idea of the ice arrow? Is it the perfect murder weapon? I was I was hoping that they were going to go further into pulling off the perfect murder. Um, and they kind of... And I can understand on a Saturday afternoon, maybe that's a dark theme. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was something I've heard before, obviously. That's, you know, the ice pick is a bit of an old thing, isn't it? One of those urban legends that, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I remember talking about it like it's one of those schoolyard things perfect way to get away with murder but here's something that in 2021 that we have access to that they didn't in 2002 uh if you just look it up on youtube like ice pick perfect murder weapon and someone has made a video like road testing it that if you can like freeze ice picks will it actually stab uh uh, someone uh so it's out there if you want to look it up i won't spoil if it uh, is in fact the perfect murder weapon. You can go find that out for yourself. Uh, break seven, Ricky. Oh, I, I noted this in uh, the start of break seven. Ricky doesn't say the name of the show or what the radio station is. They just go straight into the bit, which is something that I have suffered from occasionally as I will do my anchoring and then go, oh, I didn't say what the show is or what the radio station is. I just did my big tease as to what's coming up. They hate um, that. The bosses. Yeah. Got to tell everyone. Oh, got to get the branding in. Reset. Say the names. Say the names. Uh, do, do do Americanisms annoy you? No. Like they do, like the, the just the vernacular well, sort I of creeping in? Well, I don't think we have the same traditionally. I mean, Australians are very proud of being Australians, but, um, you know, I think the British and the Americans have a bit of a different history to us. And so I wonder if it's a different thing in in England um, for Americanisms to come in. You know, I don't feel like it's. Th- there are some people who get upset in Australia, but I'm like, yeah, it doesn't bother me. Right. Okay. Well, it, it, maybe I. It's just me, or maybe I am just like a cranky old man. What is it that bothers you? I don't like terms like now. Now we just say uh, around the radio station that like, oh, this is our new intern. So, it, it's a what is what does that mean? What happened to the word work experience? The words work experience, it's suddenly changed to intern. We don't have an internship program. It's people who come in and work for free. We now just give them this this imported American. T- we just call them interns now. Yep. Also, like around the, um, uh, I've seen on a lot of prize sheets now that like it, so occocasionally we give away beer and it says you've won a case of beer. What it's not it? a case. It's say? a it's a carton of beer. <laughs> a case is an American thing. Also, this is the one that like this is the one of those stupid hills. I don't know why I choose to die on, mm. but I I'm it does not make sense. I admit that it doesn't make sense. But for whatever reason, in Australian English, specifically Australian English, this is called a forehead. Yeah. In the UK and America, it's a forehead. In Australia. It's a forehead. Do you know what? Uh, Dave's about... I'm not sure if we're allowed to talk about this, Dave. You've made references to it on the show, so I'm going to reference it. Uh, Dave's about to start a new radio show in the coming weeks. It's a night show on a on a male-skewed network. And it's going to go across like... Uh, it's going to go to a lot of 
areas in the country that are regional areas. And I can guarantee you, you should open on your first night with this topic because that's really going to get some good callers. This is something that's really going to resonate with resonate with that uh, core family. Yeah, I heard someone call a, a bonnet a hood and the, the, the boot a trunk. It's outrageous, and I will I will be as outraged as them. You could um, you could uh, do a segment whatever happened to, dot dot dot, and it's you know whatever happened to these good old fashioned values. Whatever happened to calling a case of beer <laughs> a carton? I feel I could do that. It would have to just be so ironic because otherwise, it could travel down a very dark path very quickly. Whatever happened to? But don't you think that there could be... You could do that ironically as satire, and I think there would be certain people that would participate in it unknowing that they're mm. participating in a joke. No, they would not know. They, they would think that there was like a serious segment. Uh, I had a moment on, on listeners who don't really aren't really aware or, or what's happening um, is something that I have encountered. And just last week on the radio show... We were giving away tickets to this event and the all you had to do was like there was a clip of a song. You had to tell us what the name of the song was. And we were we were very short on time, so we we're trying to get it over and done with very quickly. It was uh the song was very obvious. It was a red hot chili peppers song, and the caller was going, Um, oh, I know it's the red hot chili peppers, it's something something California. Some California and I said, Did you say Danny California? And she went, did I? <laughs> I went, oh. We had... Oh, no, 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 yes, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, down in California. <laughs> it's hard when sometimes when you're trying to give it away, you're trying to give people the answer, and they... they what's this, that famous one where they say, where the announcer's going, there's this recording online where the announcer's saying, just say these words and they still won't say it they just can't get it right but um it reminded me of like sometimes obviously the vast majority of the audience knows what's going on but like it does constantly surprise me some people who don't understand how things work and we had uh, as you'd say a work experience person or an intern once on a show that we were working on and it was at four in the morning on the weekend or five in the morning on um on the weekend and so like a very low budget very small show and we were doing this bit where we had cut up Kanye West interviews and we had changed the question so it sounded like we were interviewing him. Classic gear. Classic, right? And, I'll, um, I'll be doing a lot of that on my new show. And um, we, the intern who was university educated, they were doing the work experiences as a part of their university and they're at the end of their university in media studies, was getting very excited because they were asking the producer, is Kanye on the phone? <laughs> and we're like, no, no, like, like this small radio show. I'm like, we don't have Kanye West on the phone at 5 a.m. on a Saturday morning. People also uh, tend to think that uh, people who work in radio, no matter what time of day it is, that if you are on the radio, you are getting paid extremely well. Yes. I have been on a part of like development shows that are on a Sunday night late and they're talking to a listener and they're like, oh, well, you're, you're in radio. You're, um, you're doing well. And they're like, I live at home. <laughs> they're not actually- I am 22. This is my first job. I might not even be paid to do this. Yeah. Uh, okay. We are going long. So, yeah, let's, let's, go. let's get to the end of this. Um, we've got lockdown to enjoy. Uh, so, Carl talks about- uh, <laughs> I love it what, that Carl says being an American would get on his nerves- and then he talks about uh, his trip to Florida. Oh, so, by like, the Carl way, is- that was trip that he talks about where he under-tipped the person significantly and then he's upset about it. I'm like, you can be upset about the system, but don't take it out on the, the underpaid yeah. workers. Yeah. Also, the very Carl reaction of like, all right, I'll have the money back if you don't want it. Fine. Doesn't bother me. Um, I, I, do, I do like that Carl, for a sort of cranky and old beyond his years... 
he as he is, uh, he, he still obviously, even at this point, does go on holidays and does go overseas and does Yeah, well, that's things. actually interesting because in, in Idiot Abroad, the whole premise is that he's never, well, at least what was presented to us, was that he had never been overseas, that he always liked going to this one place. Was it in Wales? I, I'm not sure where. Yeah, the, carav- the he, caravan park. Yeah, there was a yeah. caravan park and that's the only place he ever wanted to holiday. But it seems like that was kind of exaggerated a little bit. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, or... Yeah, that th- he definitely wouldn't go anywhere off the beaten track. But like he's, he's been to lots of places, lots mm. of destinations. Certainly, um, more than you would expect. Uh, and while he's there, uh, evidently, what he likes to do is throw sand at crabs <laughs> to pass the time. And the question of like how long we, how long did that keep you occupied? And he comes back with for the for the last four days. Do you relate Just to that at all? Do you, on the holidays, I, I kind of related to Carl there. I do get bored on beach holidays. I, I like surfing, and so I'll surf for like four hours a day, and still, I don't know what else to do. I'm like, oh. I, I'm not, I'm not particularly good at holidays. After, yeah. after about four days, that's when I go, okay, cool, I've had enough. I like playing uh, a little activity like that. What Carl does, I'd like not throwing sand at crabs, but I can relate to having a holiday activity that you really get into, and it's probably a very mundane, boring thing. Like collecting, the we were in Amalfi once, you know, like in Italy, and we were there for like a week, and there was this town that like was famous for pottery, and all, they must crush up their pots and like flush them into the ocean or something, I don't know, but like the the shore is covered in like little pot fragments, and I spent like wow. six hours a day collecting these little, oh, this one looks cool, it's got like blue on it, and like I had like a plastic bag full of, and my brother and Laura and I were like, collecting them we brought back like a bag full and then when i got home i was like why did i do this what that would have taken a lot of weight in your luggage as well a little bit and i was like (laughs) and i'm like you you get home but when you're there this is a great job yeah let's go look for more pots we'd say and walk up interesting conversation to have at customs as well no no you don't understand it's not pots pots these are no i'm no no i know what you mean i just mean like why is there a bag of smashed up pots in your I in thought there luggage. was uh, some drug confusion. Nah. Um, uh, yeah. No. I. I. I definitely at one point would would uh, run around and build little sand yeah. walls around crabs to oh. to trap them in. But I was nine years old. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I thought it. I That's- thought Carl had a relatable point here. I thought it was a bit cruel on the crabs, but you know, besides that, yeah, I thought- it was. <laughs> uh, particularly how much he enjoys that they, that they didn't know where to go. Um, and that Ricky kept a little pet crab while he was a kid. I think that is a classic thing, is is keeping yeah, some sort of... Funny. Yeah, uh, for a bit and keeping it as a pet when you're a kid on holidays, particularly if you had coastal holidays. Um, and he was on holiday at Bogner Regis with his mum and his nan. I looked it up, the caravan park that he went to. I don't know if he says the name of it in this one, but he does in the next one, called Riverside. Still operating, still uh, evidently quite popular because I tried to check some availabilities just to get a sense of how much it costs. Could not find any availability. Made Completely famous booked out. by the Ricky Gervais podcast, probably. They're still riding 20 off years later, they're still, still overrun. And uh, they end the show by saying that you should go on the Millennium Wheel when there's lots of disabled people because you get an extra six minutes. Wise words yeah. from the round-headed one. Very uh, uh, bizarre advice. And just very out of nowhere. Mm. But that's what we love about Carl. Key, key phrases. I uh, didn't note any down for this one. Uh, let's go straight to favorite bit. Zach? I honestly can't think of one. All right. What do we got? I we got the wire fronts. Oh, no. I think the fun facts, right? You seem to really like those. Yeah. yeah that's right. You providing pick, stimulus to a comedian pick, that's all uh, you, you need pick to a do. good 5 second clip from the fun fact pit to put in here city ordinance number 352 in pacific grove california makes it a misdemeanor to kill or threaten a butterfly threaten yeah you can't even threaten a butterfly so if it goes don't even look at it aggressively <laughs> yeah butterfly comes down and goes what are you looking at i go nothing yeah. and he goes judge what <laughs> yeah Looking at me with the net. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't doing anything. I'm fishing. I loved that bit. That was great. (laughs) God, that was funny. Next week on the Carly Pilk Boys, episode 11. Here's what you can look forward to. Carl reveals the cure for cancer. Uh, Carl reveals he didn't go to school much because his parents had a caravan. 
And they also talk about what do they each remember from school, which I, I, I think will be an interesting conversation to get into. And we get the first mention of Carl's favourite movie. What do you think Carl's favourite movie is? Something like The Godfather. Ooh, interesting. We will find out on next week's show. Contact us, carlypilkboyspod at gmail.com. Leave us a review if you listen on Apple Podcasts. Tell another weirdo like us who likes these old XFM radio shows. Tell them about this show. They might want to come along for another ride. You know, we are still early on in the run. Uh, and follow Zach Manda on TikTok, Z-A-C-H-M-A-N-D-E-R. You can see that bluey conspiracy theory video that has sent the internet alight. And you can follow my Instagram page that I very rarely post on, David Ferrier Cartoons. Um, Zach, any uh, any particular plug for the TikTok or anything else? No. Are, you, is, are people on TikTok who are listening to this? Let me know. Are you on TikTok? Let us know. Let Zach know. Let Zach know on TikTok. Send him a message. Leave a comment below one of his videos that just says... What can they say? Just like, just do the initials of this show, KPB. Just leave a comment below one of Zach's videos, KPB. You can go... I've been making a lot of videos about the town we live in. So, if you live in the UK and you're interested in, in, in an Australian town or city of Brisbane, I've made a few videos about that recently. So The city of Brisbane, aka the city that will host the 2032 Olympics, baby. That's right. Global city. Lots of movies get made here. Chris Hemsworth has like at least 15 in production right now. Uh, okay, well, we'll see you next, uh, next week. See you, Zach. Bye. Hi, I don't like moaning anyway, just... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>